And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, across this country, we've seen a breakdown in law and order as district attorneys with a leftist agenda refuse to charge rioters, looters, and arsonists and turn them back into the riots as fast as police can arrest them. Couple this with a so-called bail reform movement that requires judges to release suspects that are charged, and you have a witch's brew of rising crime and chaos in America's cities. Recently, the National Conference of Chief Justices has weighed in in support of a so-called risk assessment algorithm that would remove discretion from judges and keep danger to keep dangerous criminals off the streets. To discuss this now, we're joined by Jeffrey Clayton. He's executive director of the American Bail Coalition, a trade group dedicated to defending the right to bail. You can find them online at ambailcoalition.org or on Twitter at ambailcoalition. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. So it seems like uh, all of these criminal justice reforms that we've seen, turning uh, turning people out of jail before they've completed their sentences, uh, uh, releasing them without bail uh, and and refusing these uh, these Soros funded DAs refusing to charge them with um, obvious crimes has has really uh, caused a spike in lawlessness in America's cities. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners what these uh, this conference of chief justices is up to. Well, they want to create a bail algorithm called a risk assessment algorithm that's going to presume release in pretty much all cases. Uh, and is going to never recommend that a defendant have to post bail. Uh, and none of these risk assessment algorithms do. Uh, most of them are cal- calibrated to favor release of uh, da- what we would consider dangerous defendants uh, based on their scoring system. Uh, and really, it's going to take away discretion from judges in individual cases uh, and force uh, the release of more um, what we would consider dangerous criminals. You know, I was a private investigator for about 20 years, and I've I've testified in a lot of court cases, and the judges that I testified in front of seemed like that they would be very unlikely uh, to relinquish uh, the discretion to make rulings from the bench. Why is this group of chief justices weighing in to do just that? Well, they thought this was a more fair system. They think it's a more fair system, uh, but it's not. And the reality is that the judge that's closest to the case is going to make the right decision. And these are appellate justices that are presiding over huge court systems. And unfortunately, I would argue dabbling too much into politics. Why would a algorithm be less effective at determining who should be kept and who should be released than uh, a judge's evaluation? Well, what we've discovered is that these algorithms are not very accurate. The one in Colorado is only 58%. The best algorithm only predicts accurately 72 uh, percent of the time. And what we've discovered is that even though it drives releases for many dangerous offenders, uh, the ones that keeps in jail and uh, unfortunately are minority defendants. So it, it, it has a double edged sword where it actually releases more dangerous criminals, but also has a uh, negative racial component to it as well. So in the interest of um, criminal justice reform, they're actually headed down a road that will result in more inequities in the court system. Yes, and what one uh, leading uh, professor from the University of Pennsylvania has said is that essentially they've baked bias into the system. 
by using this, and there's no way really to get it out until we stop. Who writes this algorithm, and uh, what agenda do they have? Well, uh, the largest one in the nation is uh, the Arnold Foundation, uh, John Arnold, the former Enron billionaire who's also donated $1.5 million to a campaign in California to force the statewide use of these risk assessment algorithms. And certainly there's a lot of Soros money uh, in the various groups as well. Can you cite any examples of where this algorithm system has, has failed to protect public safety? Yeah, I mean, I think the largest study was the one in Kentucky that found that not only did it not decrease the jail populations, it actually increased crimes while on bail and increased those to appear in court. And so it had a negative public safety impact. Uh, and in addition to all the wasted money that we spend and staff time to actually administer the thing, uh, it produced actually negative results. So this sounds like the worst of both worlds. It's keeping people uh, in jail that wouldn't necessarily need to be kept in jail, and it's releasing people uh, who uh, are high risks of the community. Is that a correct um, assessment? Yeah, I think so. And it just builds in, you know, assumptions we have about the criminal justice system rather than letting judges look at the criminal behavior in the past of each uh, defendant and make a decision. And, you know, and also to take out, you know, the incentives of bail and private bail and all that sort of thing. And, you know, bail recovery agents and all that to take all that out of the systems also uh, weakens accountability. Well, that's a, that's an interesting aspect. If, if there's not a, a bondsman standing behind uh, the recovery of this bail bond, then, uh, and, and these people are released uh, from jail with no cash bail, who's going to be responsible for going out and rearresting these people if they don't show up for their court date? Well, it'd be the police if they rearrest them or they really just wait until they commit uh, a new crime. And the other thing is even when a bail agent is not involved, a third party is usually posting cash and they're on the hook. So even if I posted your bail, even if I didn't use a bail agent, I'm still going to want you to get to court uh, because I don't want to forfeit the money. And not only that, you're going to be in contact with the police to let, uh, let them know where, they can uh, recover their defendant, I would imagine. Exactly. In my case, I'm probably a co-conspirator, so I don't want to get arrested myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, we have seen this bail reform movement uh, spread like wildfire, especially in these blue states in California, uh, Washington, Oregon, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Uh, have we seen a corresponding increase in crime? Absolutely, we have. I think... <laughs> We're having a little bit of trouble with the connection here, Jeffrey. Can you still hear me? I can answer that uh, question again. If yeah, you would. so yeah, I think I think uh, the example of New York is is the one. The police commissioner said that bail reform is increasing crime, and I think you know just for your average listener, the idea that a uh, deputy chief of police could be uh, clashing with rioters, he takes a punch to the face and is bleeding, uh, and his pictures on every major national newspaper. Uh, and the person who threw the punch gets out on a zero bail signature bond. Well, you know, not, I think that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, that's a that's an outrageous uh, crime, and uh, for sure. But we've seen uh, murders and uh, and rapes and uh, violent uh, assaults result uh, from people that have uh, been released without any cash bail. Especially, I've taken note in Washington, where one of the uh, rioters that had been arrested with a handgun at uh, at one of these events was released without bail and uh, ended up uh, stabbing to death two people. 
So um, is, is this whole effort designed by the chief justices in order to try to relieve them from responsibility? We know that in a lot of states, uh, uh, judges are elected officials, and uh, you know, whenever they're challenged, their uh, their opponents usually cite instances where these justices have released people back onto the streets with dire results. Is this an effort by the the judges to try to uh, shirk their responsibility to make their their own determinations? I think so. I mean, it, it just allows uh, judges to pass the buck and not own the decision. And a judge I used to work for said it's a security blanket, and it, it helps you avoid, you know, the actual decision and, and owning it. Unfortunately, and you can always say it's somebody else's fault, it's the system's fault. Uh, and so I think that's a bad that's a bad move for that reason. Blame it on the algorithm. <laughs> Exactly. It's, it's the algorithm's fault. It's the algorithm's fault. So where do we stand on this bail reform movement? Is this going to be something that uh, continues to spread and infect the the justice system? Is it limited to mostly Democrat run jurisdictions or is this something that is, uh, is getting entrenched and is going to uh, lead to increased crime nationwide? It's getting entrenched, and I think, you know, even in conservative, what we consider conservative states like Missouri and Iowa and others have had bail reforms coming and going. So I think it's going to be a continuing conversation. I think, you know, particularly if, um, you know, Biden is elected president, he is committed to ending cash bail and ending bail entirely and going to this new uh, New York-style system. So, you know, the election's going to depend on it and what happens after. I think we're going to see another push for bail reform. Is this algorithm going to be applied to crimes across the board or just low-level crimes or or, uh, people that uh, pass through this algorithm screening who have been charged with murder or uh, or other serious crimes going to be is this algorithm going to judge them as well yes uh, and that's you know the goal is to have everybody assessed uh, by one of these algorithms I mean, one of the obvious glaring uh, examples you could imagine is these uh, very wealthy offenders who have uh, committed financial frauds or or murder or in the case of Jeffrey Epstein, uh, you know, a a sex trafficking ring. They would probably look pretty good to that algorithm. They've got good credit. They've got stable um, addresses. They, uh, you know, uh, before they came to the attention of the criminal justice system, they would have been considered model credit or model citizens. Right. Low risk signature bond, I think. And, you know, there's been hilarious examples of, I believe Ted Bundy was low risk and, you know, you can kind of just, you know, get, get to the extreme on this. And it, it, at a certain point, it just doesn't make any sense. Ted Bundy would have been judged fa- uh, favorably by this algorithm. That's right. Unbelievable. So where is your group in, uh, in fighting this effort? Uh, uh, is, uh, is there anything the listeners can do to, uh, to weigh in on this? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you need to, need to see where your candidates are, are on bail reform and understand what it's going to mean for your community and then go to our website and learn all about it, ambailcoalition.org. So what should they be supporting with regard to bail reform? I mean, uh, this, this seems like a fairly complicated issue for the average voter to – to try to wade through what should the bullet point be uh, as far as, uh, you know, a candidate's position on bail reform? Well, I think they should be with uh, where the president's position is, which is be against the uh, Biden and cash bail movement and for, uh, you know, judges in criminal cases as they see appropriate. Gotcha. Jeffrey J. Clayton, he's the executive director of the American Bail Coalition 
They're defending your right to bail, and you can find them online at ambailcoalition.org. That's ambailcoalition.org, or you can find them on Twitter at ambailcoalition. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.